Welcome to Word of Life Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will move to and through you from today's message. If this podcast helps you spiritually, will you consider helping us naturally? You can give online or become a monthly partner as we aim to help more ministries and release more content. You can give online today at thelife.cc. Enjoy today's message. Uh, We know that we are wrapping up the series, Teach Me to Pray. And this has been a great series uh, for me. This is one of the series that uh, even in my own life um, that I am still continuing to grow in the area of prayer. And we're going to be taking communion um, at the end of this message. Uh, But one of the values that we have here at Word of Life Church is growth. And that value just simply means make God a priority. Say that after me. Make God a priority. And as we've been talking about uh, Teach Me to Pray, Luke chapter uh, 11, we saw the relationship that Jesus had and still does have with the Father. But when he was on earth, the disciples saw this relationship that Jesus had. And they simply asked the question, will you teach us how to pray? And Jesus started out with the two words, our father. And as we discussed, the enemy, um, he wants to destroy relationships. God desires relationship. And we're destined for relationships. And so we're going to look. You can go to the Bible. Uh, Luke chapter 22. We'll go to uh, verse 31. But I want to um, give you context of what we're about to read. So basically, uh, Jesus realizes that Judas is about to tr- uh, betray him. But before then, he has what is called the Last Supper, which is basically, you can say, communion, what we're going to take today. Uh, and so after they had the Last Supper, Jesus communicates that one of them is going to betray him. And so, of course, they're having the conversation like, man, who is this? Who is going to betray like you, Jesus? Like, really, who's going to betray you? But then also, too, they got into strife. I mean, think about it. Jesus is about to leave, about to go to the cross, and the disciples fussing. What are they fussing about? Who is the greatest? Who is the best among them as disciples? You don't have to raise your hand, but I'm pretty sure we have some people that are very competitive Right here, Word of Life Pondexter. So it was like, man, no, Jesus, I'm the greatest. I'm the greatest. And so they was having that strife, but also, too, it was just shared about that someone was going to betray them in the group. And so lo and behold, out of this discussion, this strife, Peter makes a statement after Jesus says something. But before that, let's read what Jesus said. Luke chapter 22 Verse 31, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Think about this. Jesus here, argument, fussing going on. Jesus knows that one of his own disciples is about to betray him. But even in the midst of this, Jesus says, Peter, I've been praying for you. Satan desires to sift you as wheat and basically mean to weed you out. 
basically mean to cause you to quit, to give up. But I pray that your faith may not fail you. And when you are strengthened, encourage your brothers. So in this context, we see that Satan wants to what? Destroy Peter's relationship. That where Jesus said, hey, Satan desires to sift you as wheat. But we see God, Jesus, desire relationship. He says, Peter, I pray that your faith may not fail you. Then we see that we're destined for a relationship. Jesus said, when you are strengthened, go back and encourage your brothers. So even in my life, I have realized that it's like, okay, it's so easy to read the Bible because it goes on to say how Peter denied Jesus. It's easy to read the Bible and you read Peter. I know I have. Man, how in the world could Peter deny Jesus? All that the Lord has done for him. Really, Peter? That's how you going to do Jesus like that? Come on now, it's Jesus. How can you deny him? Not one time, not two times, but three. Come on, buddy. So looking at this, I was like, man, I see it, Lord. In my own prayer life, I've seen where I denied you three times in three areas. What are those three areas? Affection, correction, and direction. Affection. Correction and direction. I can remember my wife. I'm a sports car enthusiast. So me, I love clean vehicles. So I had this 2009 Dodge Hemi RT Charger. Hemi Orange. 5.7 liters. So every time I would come home, if it rained, I would get the cloth out and I would wipe the car down. I didn't want no dirt, no filth, no nothing. You couldn't even eat in a car. It was clean. The rims clean shining. I was that one that when you pull up to a car, I want to see the reflection of my car on your vehicle. It's shining. Just that bright, sparkling. So one day, I'm back up in the garage, and I'm wiping the tires down. I get up on the car, I'm wiping it down. Kim, open the door. Babe, you sure been out here a long time? I'm like, I didn't even realize. Oh, okay. She was like, I sure wish you rubbed me down like you rubbing that car. Affection, affection, affection. So I realize in prayer that God has his heart set on us. And the enemy wants to remove that affection from our life. And if he can remove that affection, 
then that means we're not getting any correction from God. Now we're not following God's direction for our lives. And guess what? Our lives would not be at the place where we desire it to be. So we'll be frustrated. We'll be upset. And it's like, why are you getting upset with them? The Lord's like, why are you getting upset at them? It's not their fault. If you would just do simply what I ask you to do. So let's look at this word affection. What is God saying about affection? Colossians chapter 2. They're going to have it uh, on the screens. Here we go. Affection. Where is your time going? Wherever your time is going, that's where your affection is. Whoever you spend your time with the most, that is where their voice matters more than anyone else. So let's look at it. Colossians chapter 3 verse 2. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. God is not saying that you can't like things, but he's just saying they should not have your priority. God was saying, look, Rob, I know you want your car clean, son, but you're still married too. Go in there and spend, spend some time with your wife. Go in there and have some conversation, watch some movies, have fun, cook together. Not that I wasn't doing that. I was just making sure the car was clean before I went in the house. All right, verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Last verse 14. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Affection. The enemy knows when we have our affection set on the things that God has for us. He knows that the will of God shall and will be done. So what does he do? He wants to come and set our affections on some other things. Be it a car, be it some Jordans. Got real quiet when I said Jordan. Be it some Jordans. You know, be it clothing. You know, whatever it may be, but the enemy wants you and I to set our affections on those things. What's coming through the news, what's coming on social media, the negativity, because guess what? We're going to start talking about those things instead of the things of God. So if we're talking more about the things of the world and less of the things of God, what are we going to see in our lives? More of the world. So God is saying, I want you to set your affection, affection. So let's look at the next one, correction. What is correction? Are you humble? Am I humble? Am I obedient? Am I teachable? Who am I listening to? Let's look at this scripture, 2 Timothy chapter 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Verse 17, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. The word of God is our guide. The word of God 
brings correction, alignment, as you can say. So he brings that to help us fulfill the plan of God for our lives. So God's affection opens me up to his correct, his correction, which is his word, which is his instructions, what he is saying. And out of that, I get direction. Let's go to uh, the next scripture and we'll end with this direction. Who are you following? Who am I following? Who am I following? John 10 Verse 27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. These are the three things that help me realize if I am making God a priority in my life. Where is my affection? The correction, who am I listening to? Which means the direction, who am I following? I can remember last month, the Lord had placed it on my heart to uh, go to our Fundra night services, which is 6 p.m. We're talking about grow, make God a priority. So I was like, okay, Lord, I'll go, I'll go. But I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I promised Chase and Kyla, they're our children, that we would go swimming on Sundays. And so if y'all know my son and daughter or just any child, you tell them that you're going to do something. They're going to remind you. So I said, guess what? Sunday evenings, I was like, yeah, we're going to the pool. We're going swimming. We're going to have a blast. Three o'clock rolls around. Dad, dad, it's time to go to the pool. It's time to go to the pool. And I'm like, wait a minute, Fundrin at six o'clock. I'm like, Lord Jesus, how am I going to do this? It's hot outside. So lo and behold, I said, okay, go ahead and get your things. Let's go to the pool. But we can only be there 30 minutes. 30 minutes? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, just 30 minutes, just 30 minutes. Okay, that's Kyla. Okay. So we get out there. I make it 45 minutes. Give me an extra 15. So we go out there, we have fun. And then we all go to Fundrin as a family. So Pastor Joel is, uh, well, just before Pastor Joel got up to speak, worship uh, team was singing. And they normally do two or three songs. So in this moment, I hear in my heart, Hey, I want you to get down on your knees and worship me. Affection. I'm like, Lord, wait a minute. We in public. That's for private. So I'm not trying to have everybody look at me. I'm not trying to put on a show. It's like, I want you to bow down, get on your knees and worship me. Worship gets done. Pastor Joel get up. I sit down. I did not get on my knees. Pastor Joel gets done speaking. Worship starts again. It's back. Hey, I want you to get down on your knees and worship me. No, Lord, this is public. I'm on the fourth row in the front. You know, you got a lot of people in the back. No, I don't want It's like, I want you to get down and worship. At that time, my affection was more so on what I was thinking that people would be thinking and what they would be saying. So in that moment, I was not making God a priority. I was making assumptions priority. So I finally yielded. Thank God for his mercy. I finally yielded and I got on my knees and I got my hands stretched out and just worshiping the Lord. And in that moment, 
something that had been on my mind that I did not know was going into an area of frustration, the Lord simply gave me the answer to it in that moment when I hit my knees. Not only that, the word of the Lord came through Pastor Joel that where he said, the Lord uh, said through Pastor Joel, in this season, I am given direction for the next season. So there are some things I know that the, the Lord has laid on my heart for us as a campus, for the city, even for my family. And it's like, whoa. And I start to get a little bit more clear direction. So I'm like, okay. So I get up. And at the end, I'm walking out to the parking lot. I'm like, Lord Jesus, anywhere else you want me to kneel? I kneel right here <laughs> in the parking lot. It feels so good to be free. It feels so good to get die. Direction. But watch this. This is the other part. So this was last month, uh, June that we started. Uh, actually, July we started going to uh, Fungin, but the Lord laid it on my heart in June. Well, last June, my wife met a young lady at the Fungin campus. And they had conversation. So that was in June. So now we're in July. I'm on my knees. This young lady sees me on my knees worshiping, and our daughter Kyla is right beside me. I'm not even knowing she's there. Weeks later, we end up, we're having coffee with my wife, Kim, and the young lady and her boyfriend. And she starts talking. And as she starts talking, I'm like, wait a minute. This stuff is all, like, lining up. She has a conversation with Kim in June. Lord, tell me, get on my knees in July, and now we here at a coffee place. The young lady, when she saw me on my knees, she just shared her story, what was happening, what was going on, and it's like, wow, basically just desiring a family, marriage, relationship, and that thing. But then she shared something else that she is literally going through, and it was in that moment for her she felt comfortable enough to share what she was going through. So now that my wife and I are walking her through that situation. See, a lot of times when the Lord tells us to do something, it's not just for us. It's even for others. And so I wonder how many of us, and even for myself talking, that when the Lord tells us to do something and we don't do it, someone is not literally getting the answer that they need simply because we're not moving out on the very thing that God has called us to do. And Satan, yes, and Satan wants us to focus so much on the what ifs that we lose our affection for what God is telling us to do. And so now out of that, God is able to help this young lady navigate through life out of an act of obedience, out of an act of like, Lord, you told me to do it. My affection is going to be set on you. But even out of that, there was direction that we were able to get, my wife and I. And that's what I love about prayer. And this is what the enemy knows. The closer you are to God, the further he, the further you are away from getting distracted by him. Not saying that he won't bring distractions is that the less likely you will yield to those distractions. Because as it says, John chapter 10, verse 27, my sheep know me and they know my voice and they would follow me. 
And so God is saying that out of your affection for me, I can come in and bring my word, which will correct, bring alignment. As it bring alignment, now you get clear direction. Proverbs 3, uh, verse 6, as we talked about last Sunday, in all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct. A lot of times we want to get direction and hadn't even said nothing to God. Hadn't even talked to God. Lord Jesus, will you bless this job? Did he tell you to apply for the job in the first place? (laughs) Then you get the job and you're in so much turmoil. Lord Jesus, I just don't know these folks. And it's like, this is not where you were supposed to be. But thank God for his mercy, even how he sends people to help us to pour into our lives, to encourage us, and we can get on the right track. So the enemy, he wants to make sure that we don't make God a priority. He wants to make sure that we we quit, that we give up, that we lose hope, that we lose faith. And so my question to you today is, you don't have to answer out loud. Where is God in your life? Is he a priority? Not on one thing, but all things. Is he a priority? Lord, everybody else going, I'm going to go too. Really? Lord, they doing it. It's okay, everybody. Did I tell you? Really? Because even in my life, the Lord is having me to lay some things down. When I say lay some things down, it's like, hey, there are some things you desire to see. But in order for you to see it, you can't keep going the same way that you're going. And it's not a bad way. He's just saying, hey, you want to go to the next level? There's some things that you're going to have to do to get to the next level. And so... In our prayer life, in our prayer time with God, God wants to show us things. God wants to reveal things. And what I love about God, God is so simple. So simple. I'm pretty sure you heard of the story, the Samaritan woman. Jesus said, I must need go through Samaria. Jews and Samaritan. Jesus is a Jew, the Samaritan woman. They don't have conversations. They don't associate with each other. But Jesus goes and have a conversation. This young lady realizes that her affection, her priority were on men. She has a conversation with Jesus. Jesus does not condemn her. He just has a conversation. Out of this conversation, the lady leaves the well and she goes back into her city. And she simply says, come see about a man that told me everything about who I am. Notice, all Jesus had was a conversation. Out of that conversation, she realized her affection was in the wrong place. So she got correction. She got the word of God. Out of getting that word of God, the direction, she went back into her city. She told the people, hey, come see. The people come and see. They believe not just because she said it. They believe also, too, because they heard Jesus themselves and they asked Jesus to stay for two days. 
out of this, a whole city was changed through one woman. If we want to see change, where does change start? The change that I desire to see, it all begins with me. She just had a simple conversation. She got her priorities in the right place. Her affection on the right one, it changed the whole city. Think about it. It changed the whole city. So the prayers that you have been praying, the answers that you desire to see, are you changing in the direction that God has called you to? Are you letting go of some of the things that God has told you to let go of? In closing, I think it's my first closing. In closing, <laughs> I can remember when the Lord shared with me, go out and walk Capitol Street and pray. At that time, lunch was my priority. I was hungry. It's like, man, it's okay. I know you're hungry. Eat. But after eating, I just wanted to read the Bible. It's a good thing. Read the Bible. But in that moment, God was like, go out and walk Capitol Street and pray. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to. But out of me walking Capitol Street, I realized there was some fear in me that I didn't realize that was in me. But I'm praying to God for a change without realizing I'm holding on to fear, thinking that I'm in faith. God works with faith the enemy works with fear God thrives in faith the enemy thrives in fear so I just want to read my word I want to read God's word he's like no I, I need you to go out and walk and as I go out and walk I'm nervous y'all But I'm like, Lord, you told me to do it. So I begin to walk. And as I walk, I begin to hear the heart of the Father telling me how much he loves Jackson. How much he loves this community. How much he desires to see nothing but the best for the families in this community. And so as I'm hearing this, I'm like, oh, Lord, I didn't realize how much fear I had in me. And it wasn't the fear. Of being in Jackson. It was just the fear of walking Capitol Street. 
So as I'm walking, fear is being moved out and faith is rising. And so the very place that where he wanted me to walk is the very place where he already had a plan for a campus. But I'm over here praying for change. I'm over here praying for results. I just need you to get up and walk because before I can bring that change and those results, I have to get something out of you to place in you so now that my will can be done on earth as it is in heaven. And even though for us as a church, the desire to have a church campus in Jackson, what would have happened if I did not allow God to become the priority? What if I did not allow God to show me where I needed to grow in faith? And the enemy know the answer to not just your prayer, but to people's prayer. And his will is for us to get out and do the very thing he is asking us to do. And sometimes it feels like we are the only one. That day it felt like I was the only one. But I wasn't. These were prayers that have been prayed for years. Even for us as a church. When we were on Highway 18 in Jackson, Mississippi. Even when we moved to Lakeland, we always knew there would be a campus here in Jackson, Mississippi. But God is like, raising up men, I'm raising up women. But we must set our priority on the things that he desire for us to be set on. So now we're here in a campus. Now we're at the beginning stage of what God is about to do. Four months, two weeks. About to add a second service. 11.30 a.m. Yes, only God, only God, only God. As you can see, if you were to invite friends and family, where would they sit? On your lap. But we have made room for another service. We have made room for God's kingdom will to be done. We have made room for people to come in and be healed. We have made room for people to come in and hear the truth. We have made room for people to come in and be set free from addiction, from the lies of the enemy. We have come and we have made room 
for people to hear the sound of heaven, the sound of unity, the sound of worship, the sound of praise. We have made room for people to be able to come in and hear who God has called them to be. We have made room for people to come in and hear the very potential that is on the inside of them that has been there since the beginning of time. We have. And as we have made room, it's going to help people to come and realize how to grow, how to make God a priority, make a priority in coming to church on Sunday, make a priority to come and get in relationships through serve teams and through life groups, make a priority to come and realize has a plan for you, that God loves you, that God believes in you. And so in closing out this series, Teach Me to Pray, I want to encourage you. Use these three things. Affection. Where is your time going? Are you spending it so much with other things that God cannot speak? I take that back. Where you can't hear God because God is speaking. Correction, hearing his word, direction to walk along the path that he has called you to. Jesus in his own life as we get ready to take communion, worship team, y'all can come on up. He faced the same thing in the Garden of Gethsemane. There he's asking the Lord, if there be another way, Lord, let there be another way. And if you need communion elements, just raise your hand. The ushers there, give it to you. But Jesus himself, his affection, he said, okay, Lord, not my will, but your will. He followed the words of the Lord. And out of that, the direction he went to the cross. He died and rose again. So we're here in this moment simply because of what Jesus did. He made God as Jesus said to put ourselves in remembrance of what he has done that he laid down his own will for the will of the father because he knew that day it wasn't just about him he knew it would be about us and many many more and so the decision that he made in making God a priority we're benefiting from it today Many more will benefit from it because of us making God a priority. So another thing we've made room for is to continue to grow in prayer and pray. Starting next Sunday from 9 a.m. to 9.30 a.m., we will have prayer right here in the sanctuary. You don't have to sign up. Just show up. Made it easy. 
it just be where I, I'll be here doing a, a five-minute talk on the scripture, and then we'll take time to pray. We'll pray for the service, pray for the city. Uh, we'll pray for families. We, we'll pray for our educational leaders. We'll, we'll pray for wisdom. We'll pray for, for vision for the city. We will just begin to pray. And this will go out every, this will be happening every Sunday all the way up until December 24th. We're just going to, what? Make God a priority. We're just not going to talk about the message. We're just not going to preach the message. We're going to live the message. So I want to give you an opportunity to grow. So you may not can make it every Sunday. It's okay. But 9 to 9.30, we'll be right here. Praying out the plan of God, speaking out the will of God, and getting direction. Because there are things that God wants to do, but he must first have words in the earth that are saying exactly what he is saying. So his results can be seen here on earth. So people can experience his results. And so God is saying, I need you to speak my word. Not the enemy words. The enemy has been having too much rabbit. People give him too much publicity with gossiping and talking about what's going on. And and I'm not saying don't say what's going on, but what is God saying about it? And so that's literally what we're going to do. And so as we get ready to take communion, Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. That how his body was beaten, bruised, broken. How his blood was shed for us. So as we get ready to, let's uh, bow our heads and pray. Father God, just thank you for this moment. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for your words. Your words that are truth. Father, thank you that we had the opportunity to read in scripture about setting our affections on you and how your word is here for us to lead and guide us and correcting us in the in the truth and things that we must let go of and things we must start looking to in your word and out of that we can get direction to follow out the plan and the will that you have for our lives so father i just thank you for every person in this room I thank you, Father, that you know them by name, their gifts, their talents. And I just thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, that as they make you a priority, Father, I thank you in Jesus' name that there is nothing that they cannot do. That the things that they set their hands to, Father, that it will prosper, that it will move forward in every area of life, even in their family, even, Father, that where there may seem like there is chaos and so much distraction going on. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name that there is a settling down, even in their home, that there is peace and that there is joy there. Simply because they're making you a priority in their lives. And maybe you're here this morning and you're saying, I have not made a decision to allow Jesus to come into my life, which is the first priority. Jesus to come and be your Lord and Savior. Or you may say, at one point you were living for God, but you were not. And now you want to make God a priority. You want to say, Father, here I am. I'm coming back home. 
So be it one of those two decisions. You're making Jesus a priority for the first time in your life, asking him to be your Lord and Savior, or you're saying, Jesus, I'm rededicating my life, coming back home to you. If that's you, just simply raise your hand and I will pray for you. That's all I ask for you to do. Raise your hand. Yes, I see that hand. Thank you for that. Yes, I see those hands. Thank you. Thank you, ushers, for helping me. Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Thank you, Lord Jesus. So everyone repeat this prayer after me. Say, dear God, thank you for loving me, for believing in me and never giving up on me. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die for me. Father, forgive me of my sins. And Jesus, I ask you, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. And I am going to live for you, making you a priority in my life. In Jesus' name.